Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. Because I really do, I really give a shit about, about you. You, 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 listener, you, who I really care about. And it's time for our theme music. Okay, let's do this. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so, um, whoa. Anyway, Jesus. You know what happened? Somebody texted me while I was trying to use my phone. I can't deal. Okay, never mind. So, anyway, um, I am very, very excited um, because we have the most amazing uh, guest today. Do you know who it is? There's no... Yeah, you might know who it is because I fucking posted everywhere. So anyway, it's this really, really, really funny, smart, and pretty um, comedian, Amber Nelson. Say hello, Amber. Hi, everybody. And um, so before Amber came on, I asked her... Well, first of all, I posted on Facebook this really, really funny video, which you should see, um, which is a really amazing video. And she's going to explain what what I posted... Um, because she she knows what it is better than I do. And then she's going to tell you what she's working on. We worked this out. We have it all choreographed. Go ahead, Amber. Uh, Thanks for calling it funny. um, Can you hear me through my cans? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, Yeah, thanks for calling it funny. It's called, uh, what is it? You Look Familiar. And it's all about how your actions affect others. And uh, I play uh, multiple characters in it because I... talk to myself and then I, I my other self goes off and lives another life and then it talks to myself again um it's super fun check it out I wrote it and I'm in it and uh, there's also a lot of funny people Michelle Wolf is in it oh she yeah na- yeah she now writes for uh South Seth Myers so she was a maid is in it she was uh she's on SNL before oh, yeah. they were big and famous um yeah, yeah. and uh, currently I'm working on a project called uh this is why I'm poor it's um it's just done on my iPhone camera or my laptop, whatever. I've had one episode out so far, but I try not to blame others. I just blame myself. This is why I'm poor. First episode is I had 40 bucks, so I go to Outback Steakhouse, and I go for their all-you-can-eat shrimp. So That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. So you know what? Let's post that, too. You do already have one episode? Uh-huh. I have one. So when I post, uh, when I post this session, I will post that as well because I'm really curious. You, you Are you in it or you film the whole thing? I'm in it. This one I'm just talking to the computer, but oh. the next one I'm, I'm going to buy a plastic trumpet mm-hmm. uh, for my career because I need it for a bit. But then you go to the ATM and the ATM asks you to, like, pull out extra money. You know what I mean? You have to pay oh. money just to get your money, and then you see the bit, and it's so stupid. But uh, <laughs> that sounds that sounds really that sounds that sounds really good. That sounds really good. Well, thank I, you. I like that idea. I'm curious. So anyway, um, Amber and I, we are going to um, discuss your childhood and find out. We're gonna like find out more about you. I've seen you perform a bunch of times, and um, you know, I've always gotten a really good feeling about you. You seem. Um, really into what you do and you also seem not um you're you seem you have like you have a balanced ego like you're not and you're not like you're pretty real so i'm kind of i'm kind of looking forward i've been looking forward to this conversation so let's start uh at the beginning where are you from um i moved around a lot i was born in saudi arabia um so exotic exotic i know my parents are they're just americans uh, they just, got, just, they I just, love that. Just old, just fashion. old, stupid Americans. <laughs> but uh, no, they got a job over there in the seventies, and um, I was born in the eighties, and then I came to the states when I was seven, and then I moved uh, uh, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Louisiana, and then came up to New York, and now my mom lives in Mississippi. So wow. just a tour de force of the South, and also uh, Saudi Arabia. Wow. So your formative years were in Saudi Arabia then, right? Yes. Until you were seven? So seven. I don't really know what um, what that means, uh, like your development sense of a child, what, you know. Well, they say, you know, and I, I believe this, that your personality is pretty much formed by the time it's four. 
really? the time you're four. The be- the being is four. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the more that I learn, um, you know, I mean, I'm a hobbyist, um, but the more that I learn about psycho, psycho whatever, all the forms of it, um, I'm a real big believer in um, what happens um, prenatally. And so is my therapist. Like, there's a lot of stuff that can pre- – no, I'm sorry, not prenatally, um, pre-verbally. Pre-verbally. There's a big difference there. <laughs> um, we are really – we as we as humans are really strongly affected by what happens before we can talk, by our environment and, you know, all that stuff. So by the time your kids start talking – parents you've already fucked them up it's too late don't worry about it <laughs> so anyway so your parents um what did your parents do uh my dad uh, taught people how to work on oil rigs wow and, and then my brother uh he slashed the car tires of a prince because mm. the guy was being a real asshole mm. so uh we had to leave immediately and all the money was gone Wow, were you like really? Was that really scary? Like he was like, did you have to? Did you have to kind of run out of there? Kind of, yeah. Uh, one of my earliest memories is just seeing my brother getting taken by authority figures, which is maybe why I sort of grew up into like a uh, fuck the authority sort of sense. Ah. <laughs> was he younger than you? He's older. He's how old? How he much was, older? Well, he was about. 15, 16 when that happened, and I was maybe six, six or seven. Oh, uh, so you're quite a bit younger. Yeah. So what did your parents, uh, so you told me what your parent, your father, so was that um like a white-collar job or a blue-collar job, as we say in America? Like, what kind of job is that? That That is a blue-collar job. He was, uh, he was a blue-collar man, but uh, they pay you very well yeah. for going over there and doing that. I mean, granted, there's also a lot of, especially at that time, Oh, there's a lot of um, no-nos. Like when my parents got off the plane, uh, mm-hmm. the the religious police, they pulled all the Americans together and they said, we want to show you that we mean business. So they cut off this kid's hand in front of everybody. And you saw that? I didn't see that. I wasn't born yet. But Oh, 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 I missed yeah, that. But that was my parents' like first you know, welcome to the country because they want to show, because Americans, we're kind of entitled and, you know, just take what we want and they want to show that you can't do that there that they they have a certain set of laws see i would have thought that that would have been um because that was in the 70s you're saying Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but i mean if i saw that i would have like fucking just turned around and gone home yeah don't you think like people did i don't know why they didn't i think they were like the money's good and they were they were struggling young Americans and it was a good paycheck for them at the time so you're like fuck it let's just rock and roll <laughs> so I'm guessing your parents are pretty tough yeah they're very tough mm-hmm. very very tough especially my mother very tough woman yeah how did she grow up she was the daughter of a Southern Baptist minister oh. in Louisiana mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, based on stories I've heard was a very ruthless angry man ah um, uh, did not treat his daughters well, and mm-hmm. she uh, she's very tough. I think she she became a she was very verbal, very vocal. Knew what she wanted mm-hmm. early. Knew how to fight, and um, a great role model, really. If you ask me, she absolutely. I would say that when I was born, I had jaundice, and I was very sort of sickly, and I would mm-hmm. scream a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think she would do things to toughen me up on purpose which at the time growing up I I hated it mm-hmm. and uh, now that I look back I'm like thank god you did that can you tell me like one thing one example of what she did that made you feel T- toughen up yeah that you're saying yeah that you're talking about um okay uh, uh when I was a freshman in high school my uh, cousin she committed suicide um, and then we had to go to the house. Um, but the police, but the, the, the doctors, they just take the body out. They don't clean it up or anything. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and then her father was worked in the next town, so he was going to come home. And me, my mom, and my aunts didn't want him to come home and find her blood everywhere. So I think one of the things that toughened me up, she was just like, get in here and help us clean it. Wow, and how old were you? Uh, freshman in high school. Whoa, that's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) That's an example. Which at the time you're like, fuck. But then you grow up and you, you realize that things have consequences, you know, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can see, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's such a complicated scenario. You know, we could probably, yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing that you've forgotten, I'm sure. Um, so anyway, so did you did you live when you what was it like? So your brother was a lot older, ten years older than. Yeah, I have three older brothers, and they're uh, they're close because they are uh, close in age, but I'm much younger. Uh huh. So how how like older older are they? Um, I think the oldest is uh, like forty three. Are the or like are the ones? There's three, so are they like ten, twelve, fourteen years older than you, yeah. or like something like that? About that, yeah. And um. So what was what was it like living in Saudi Arabia? What was that like? Um, well, it was we did live in a compound, but if you wanted groceries to go to the hospital, anything, you had to leave. Um, and Ca- compound meaning like all Americans or all Americans or people working in the oil station, and there were maybe three families. It was very small. Mm-hmm. And um, so but you, did you guys have school together and stuff like that? Was that it? Like a pre, yeah, because seven is like preschool time, I think, uh, right? Well, but not I, here, but not here. No. But I, I do remember being in class. I, I tried to take an Arabic class, mm-hmm. and I had to be taken out of it because they didn't like the white girl learning their language. Um, so but, you were the only. You were the only American or the only white girl, or what What do you mean? There was one other There's three. I'm picturing three families. Three families. Right? There was one family, and she had a white girl around my age. We would play. Um, but there were, I mostly just hung out with uh, Saudi kids and her. The other, so, so the Saudi kids are like what, like light brown? Yeah. But it's also a cultural thing because they cultural have, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, a cultural yeah. thing. It's, they they are from the area, or they grew up in Saudi Arabia. Obviously. Yeah, just right there. Yeah. So, so school and everything was pretty much that same group from the compound, or from what I can remember, from what I can gather, mm-hmm. um, it was. I don't remember going to school with Lauren. I kind of remember hanging out with her afterwards. I remember my mm-hmm. classes it was all just Arabic kids. Right. So the biggest change really must have been when you moved to the States, right? That's Yeah, that was a big shift. So what was that like? I didn't I remember I was in the airport and um you know everybody was in their garb and there was a prayers over the loudspeaker and I looked at my mom and I said, Is America gonna be different? And she said, You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty rough, especially because we we were coming back, and there was a um, – we were at the Gulf War at that time. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, and uh, Americans didn't know that Saudi wasn't really involved in the Gulf War. It was mostly Kuwait and Iraq. Right. But they were just like, that area, you're, you know, a bad right. person. Oh, really? Yeah. Like at school, you mean, your peers? At school, my peers. And also, I just didn't know how to talk to people. I was always a fish out of water. We always had to move around a lot, so Cause I never... Because your, your, did your father keep that kind of career working on oil rigs, or...? No, he he left, he had to leave, and my we just survived my mom's teacher salary. Oh, you mean you would have stayed except your brother slashed those tires. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a really crazy thing to do for your brother. Like, that sounds like a really weird... I'm sorry to be sound so crazy. judgy, but, it, but, like, what was that? How did that happen? Well, the guy was... Um, Princes in Saudi Arabia are have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they take it away from people. And there's a lot of poor people, um, and they they're psychopaths. Mm-hmm. They're all psychopaths. Mm-hmm. This guy was going around in his top car with the top off at Lamborghini, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, and just like throwing rocks at women, at poor people, at dogs. And I think he was, and he was a gay man. He is a gay man, mm-hmm. and growing up gay in Saudi Arabia, I mean, that's where they they will take you to the top of the building and throw you off of it. Um, I think he was just very angry. Mm. And so your brother just said this guy's an asshole and slashing his tires. Slashed his fucking tires. And he was brought in. He was interrogated, and he just lied the entire time. Said he didn't do it. He's like, I didn't do it. Can't prove it. Didn't do it. And they let him live. We just had to leave. Were you afraid he was going to be killed? 
I remember the feeling of like maybe I won't see my brother again. But but like I don't understand how he. I mean, it seems to me that he, did he understand like the 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 seriousness of what he was doing? I don't know for sure. I think he was just so enraged. He just wanted to fuck somebody up. He just up. lost it. Yeah. Is your brother like a little nutty? He is actually a self-made millionaire now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is he single? <laughs> I think he's well. He's gay. He's with a man now. Oh, um, what did? How did he do that? Uh, in the '90s, he was uh, a manager at a Subway sandwiches, mm-hmm. and he said, "I wonder what this internet thing is." So he hitchhiked his way to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Again, this guy's kind of crazy. He yeah. hitchhiked his way, and then I didn't speak to him for ten years. Why it, is that? I think he was just off finding his career. Did, did you? His money. So it wasn't like you were mad at him or something. You just he yeah. was busy. He was busy. Were you like, where, where, why the hell isn't he? got in touch with me or yeah that was a big um, was that were you hurt by that i was very hurt for a long time because that's fucked up it's very fucked up all my brothers sort of left and they you know they wanted to find their own way Mm -hmm. and i remember one day they were just gone Mm, Um, really it hurt it hurt for a long time that sounds really traumatic and did your parents have any explanation for that they were just like they're older, you know. They're going to go find it. They wanted them to come home and stay, but they also raised us to be individuals, right? Um, and it, it was it was hard, especially traveling around. I lost people that I could talk to. I, and I would right because you were traveling so your parents moved so much, so much. And I I do distinctly remember like not wanting to form relationships with people because it hurt so much. Wow, what era was that? That was middle school. Oh man, probably better off. M- middle school is the worst. Anyone middle middle school? No one has. You know, people that there is no one that has anything good to say about oh, middle yeah. school. It's horrible. But but that is that is sad. <laughs> yeah, that is really sad. Um, I wonder. Like, I mean, um, it sounds like a tough situation, particularly for being being the only girl, the younger girl. And also because I'm guessing you had less of a... Like, your brothers had the support group of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Am yeah. I right about that? Absolutely, yeah. And was your father involved with them, too? Like, was he? Yeah. Was it, like, a guy's thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely all these photos of him, like, running, like playing football, running around. I think the middle one, the gay one, he felt a little ostracized sometimes. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, I think he was made fun of quite a bit. But um, they still had... They could still talk to each other. Right. I had no one to literally talk to. Because it sounds like your mother being so tough and removed and also, like, I think being the daughter of a, of a, of a what, what, what was it? Southern Baptist preacher. So, yeah. I think, like, I think that's intense. That's like, yeah. I think that has a big effect on, I've heard, I've heard these stories, too, people who are children of judges, people who are children of that. I think there's a lot of difficulty or, like, I think it makes for some really interesting people. It does. Yeah. Um, so that must, uh, but it sounds like your mother wasn't particularly supportive. Is that right? Of me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely. Um, she we moved on a lot because she would find other jobs, and I was definitely. I knew that I was just sort of around. So, did do you think that she felt like if she didn't have you, she would have had um, like more freedom or something? Yeah, I definitely felt like I was holding people back. Mom, I know <laughs> that sucks. I know, and we've talked about it afterwards. And you and your mom, yeah, and we spoke very frankly about it. And she's apologized, which is so weird to have your mother apologize to you. She's like, "I was a bad mother to you." <laughs> um, hey, like, that's pretty good. That's more than most people get. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right, but also. I mean, I think if I didn't have that, because I was traveling around a bunch of, like, horrible places. Like, where I ended up, there was a dog food mill, and it stank, and people just were so angry and poor. And I think if I didn't have that, like, toughen up sort of and uh, single, alone background, then I wouldn't have studied so hard in high school, gotten that scholarship, gone to college, mm. studied hard in college to maintain the scholarship, uh, saved money, moved to New York City, got the fuck out of there. Mm. 
I don't think I would have done that. So your mother, like in a way, um, yeah, it's good and bad. So like in a way, because she was so hard on you, or I'm going to say that she was hard on you. Um, she was, yeah. She, um, she's lucky because I think you could have gone in like, you could have gone in, I mean, you went in a great direction, which is to your credit and your strength, but I think it could have gone in the other way. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely remember, you know, hey, you look back on forks in the road in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I could have been, I oh, bad situations. I was almost like a prostitute at one point in my life. You mean, um... Like, uh, I was out, I was alone, and mm-hmm. a guy was like... How old were you? I was maybe 22, 23, mm-hmm. you know, you're young. Right. And he said, you know, if you have sex with me, I'll give you money to take the bus and around. And, like, he took me out to eat. And you hear these stories of, like, that's how women get locked into prostitution. A guy right. just kind of buys all this stuff for them, and then he's like, now you owe me. Things like that. And I got the fuck out of there, too. Wow. So you had some good common sense. Yeah, some good sense, yeah. But um yeah, I mean that is that is a really hard way. That is a that sounds like a really tough way to be brought up, but also like very you're also very independent obviously. How did you get a scholarship and what happened? How did you get to New York? Um well there's this thing in Louisiana called Tops. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still have it or not, but it's it's uh pretty amazing. It's basically like you get a B average and you mm-hmm. don't go to juvenile detention or whatever just don't fuck up and uh you are given four years uh to a state school for free oh that's great and you have to maintain that in college which means like you know don't just don't mess up (laughs) so you got to go to a state school i went to a state school yeah but i'm debt free so where where louisiana state university oh but then you came to new york after that right after that i was working at applebee's i was bartending Mm-hmm. And I just saved everything I could, and I did get a loan. My parents gave me like six hundred bucks mm-hmm. to move up here with, and mm-hmm. um, it's fucking rock and roll. I got a job immediately in New York, and uh, I moved up here with a couple friends. Oh, nice! So that that was definitely helpful. And, are they still your friends? They are. They've moved in different directions, but we'll still see each other, and mm-hmm. we can t- like chat and talk as if time hasn't passed. Right, so. you have something really special together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, you, but, but, um, Jesus, that must have been really scary. Very scary to be a young girl moving up to New York and like really, because I had spent so many years being alone and I didn't know how to talk to people. Um, and it's now you're in such a like people city. And the first job I got was a cocktail waitress. Where? Um, employees only in the village. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, that That's such job. a cool job. Yeah. Were you like, oh, my God, I have a really cool job. This I, is amazing. I didn't know what that was. I was just like, I found it on Craigslist. Wow. And I went in and they hired me because I was a young, pretty girl that just right. moved up. And they knew they can kind of push me around a bit, you know, right, right. like you work the extra hours. You work late. Well, starting at the bottom. Absolutely. Um, which I did. I spent about a year there, but... You know, the hours are till like, you get out of there at 6 a.m. I can't, right. I was like, I can't live my life like this. So right. I definitely, I got, I made a lot of money, but I had to make the executive decision. Do I want to keep making money and then not really live the life that I moved to New York to have? Like, I wanted to move to New York to, like, create things and to. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Like, yeah. I was going to ask you that. Um, so what did you did you think you were going to be a comedian when you moved here, or what? What were you thinking? I secretly wanted to be a comedian, but I I, I wasn't brave enough in myself to admit that. Mm-hmm. I moved to New York to do acting and to do improv because mm-hmm. um, I I did a little bit of improv in Louisiana and then moved to New York and I found UCB mm-hmm. and this is uh, a while ago at UCB before what it is now. Now it's kind of taken over by a bunch of NYU grads. It's different. It's well, it's different. a professional school. Yeah. It's a pre It's a graduate school, really, yeah. isn't it? It is. It's a graduate school. Um, and I worked. I was uh, the employees only. They paid enough money to work my way through the graduate school. Oh, really? Yeah. I hoard myself out for improv classes. That's so <laughs> great. So you was that like when you found your, ta- your talent or your, what you're connected to? Or did you feel like, what did you study in school? Were you into writing then? And I mean, you're obviously a really good writer. Were you interested in all that kind of stuff then? Or what were you interested in? Thank you. I was, uh, well, I was an actor. I majored in acting. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And but something I always 
thought, like, I didn't know how to articulate it, but I was always like, I don't like the fact that these monologues are pre-written. Uh-huh. And I don't like the fact that they're always talking about a man or uh-huh. a, the woman is usually in a victim role. Right. And it really, and it was really difficult to find plays where a woman was independent, not talking about a man. I mean, name name one right now, <laughs> you know? Oh, you're asking the wrong person for yeah. sure. But no, I, I mean, we all know this is such common knowledge, yeah. people. Absolutely. White men rule. <laughs> I'm just saying that because... You can't get away with saying it or not saying it. It's it's offensive to everyone. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I got into improv, and I was like, I like this. I like the fact that I can, like, create my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years, and then I just fell into stand-up. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love this because mm-hmm. I can. I like going out and performing. I want to perform as much, as often as possible. And with improv teams, often you've got seven people on the bill. Yeah, right. And they can't make the show. show's canceled, whatever. So I was right. like, fuck this. going to do it myself. Oh, yeah. The yeah. independent thing. So how do you think, like, I mean, how do, you, how do you think that's affected you? Like, I picture, like, the way that you were brought up as being, um, you know, like, so self-reliant and so res- uh, reticent to, to count on other people. Is that Were your parents reliable, though? Were they, like, food on the table and home when they said they were, were they reliable in that way? on time when they said they were going to be someplace or something were they in that way reliable um yeah sort of not really sort of I do remember many nights there was not food on the table um and then we were very poor mm-hmm. and uh it was very hard so you, you couldn't you were you actually like went to bed hungry oh yeah yeah many yeah times. yeah I don't even like I can't even picture what that would be like yeah, I would take unless a... I was in an anorexic place <laughs> By yeah, choice. By but choice. no, I mean, I can't imagine my parents, you know, I, I'm i not going to brag about my childhood, but I mean, Jesus, that's like unheard of. Was that in America? That was in America. I would take a piece of bread, I'd pick the mold off of it, I'd put salt and pepper on it to make it taste better, and then just eat that and go to bed. Wow. Did your parents feel bad about that? I think they felt really bad, but they were very, they were just like, let's just push through this let's just get through it and a lot of this poorness was because poverty let's call it it's real poverty yeah um is because um of what really the consequences of what happened with your brother partly yeah they and they told him that um but also they made some bad decisions they're not good with money they came Uh, to the states and they bought this giant house uh, with like 40 acres of property around us i mean we were really in the middle of nowhere it was a huge house uh, now it is uh, a natural reserve. No one can nice. live there anymore. Yeah. Nice. But they bought that house. And then my dad just like, we all had to leave. And then we didn't have enough money to, to buy the house. They were just so used to having money. Ah. It was like really a dumb decision. And then mm-hmm. we couldn't sell it. And mm-hmm. then we the next place we moved was at a little apartment in North Carolina. So Yeah, so I'm not, so I'm like uh, imagining that like trust, trust, Trusting adults isn't like your 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 strength or your <laughs> your. Um, I have to do a station ID and then I want to find out how all that shit affects you now. Okay. Sure. Okay. So anyway, um, if you're listening and you have to be listening if you're hearing me, uh, this is um, Radio Free Brooklyn and it's on the internet. I'm talking with this amazing uh, performer, comedian, writer, everything person, Amber Nelson. Um, we're talking, well, you you should be listening. And also, the other thing is, um, it's the best station. Radio Free Brooklyn is the best station in the Western Hemisphere. Did you know that it's true? Um, so I want to hear about, like, how you're how, – how your childhood has affected your relationships as an adult. I mean, how do you trust people? How do you form relationships? Has it affected you? Um, it took a long time to learn how to trust people, mm-hmm. um, to even talk to people. Um, I am in a relationship now. He's a very good man. He's very patient. Mm-hmm. Um, he understands like he understands. He gets it. Um, and he gets it, and he, and he doesn't expect he, you to be different. No. He, he doesn't go, like, buck up. Yeah, back up and do it. Because I need to be in a relationship where I'm like, I, I have to go. I have to go do this thing, and I'm not going to see you. And a lot of men, don't, they don't like that. They want to know that you're home. They want to know where you are. Yeah, they do. Who you're talking to. What are you wearing? And I've been in some relationships like that in the past 
which has sort of turned me off of relationships. And I, I've been, I'm usually single. I'm usually a single person. Um, because I just don't. Because you get like really possessive men. Yes. Because you're possessive. like pretty in tops, so they, you get like you're you're pretty and independent. That must be so frightening. God, you must get really controlling men who want to like take over all that shit, right? Yeah, I had some men in the past that would just like call me up and be like, "Where? What are you doing? Who are you talking to?" And I didn't. I was so young. I didn't know how to articulate. Like, I'm I'm doing my thing, man. I was just like, um, I'm talking to. These people and why? Why do you expect me to be somewhere? I, I was I was tough enough to be somewhere, but not tough enough to explain why. You know what I mean? Right. Well, or you didn't. You didn't. You oh. just didn't. You just didn't have the experience. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think you. You don't seem afraid of a lot of things, are you? Afraid I mean, where kind of fears do you have? Fears? I mean, what? Where would they? Where would they be? I mean, it sounds like you're so self reliant. I'm afraid of elevators. <laughs> I'm very afraid of elevators because they could just come crashing down. And I'm afraid of them because I don't, I can't control them. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so you have a good boyfriend and you've mm-hmm. been with him how long? Three years. And how, how, do you guys live together? No, we don't live together. We're separate. Is he in the comedy world? He is. He's a comic. And does he, so he, it must be easier for you guys because you go out, it's always at night, right? It's mm-hmm. like a night job. Does he work a lot? perform a lot yeah he performs a lot he makes his entire money performing nice yeah is that like competitive the two of you i mean whether you want to be i'm not saying you intentionally want to be competitive but just like how can you help it is it like that um well we're both like he's a boy i'm a girl uh um, Mm -hmm. you're both supportive probably both supportive yeah definitely sometimes he'll get on a show and i'm like damn i want to get on that show you know right but that's like natural right right so you, yeah. Um, so what about um, women or other or other people? Women or you know other friendships? Have you been able to form other friendships? Oh yeah, I love women. I love hanging out with women. Um, they're my best of friends, which is weird because I remember my mother distinctly saying often that she doesn't like women. <laughs> really? Yeah, she's like, I don't have female friendships. But she does, you know? I was like, right. but you do. What about Aunt May? You know? <laughs> Aunt May. You know, she has female friends. I don't know. But I, I love women. Mm-hmm. So, so, and also you moved, you moved to New York with a group of friends, right? So you must have, like, cultivated being able to have relationships and all that stuff by that point, right? Yeah, slowly but surely. Kind of figured Did you out. Live, at, live in the dorms in college? I did for was, about a year. Was that kind of liberating, being out of the house and stuff so, like that? So liberating. It's like I would go home. I left when I was 17 years old, and I've been home maybe once a year since then. I, I usually go home for one holiday. Mm-hmm. And it's very weird to me. My boyfriend has a very strong relationship with his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, so do I, but, you know, it's, he goes home like four times a year. And wow, I, where, where's home for him? Um, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, that's kind of weird. And he looked at me and he's like, it's weird that you go home maybe once a year. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would agree. I don't, you know, I would agree more with, I think he's, his his thing is a lot more typical for people who live in this country or not yeah. not that far away from their families. Yeah, they want to go see their family, hang out. You know. So you only mentioned your mother recently. Is your father around? Or are your parents still together? Or what's going on there? Uh, my father passed away about five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So um, your mom's on her own. She's on her own. She's got a new boyfriend now. I'm gonna go. Ah. Yeah, I'm gonna go meet him nice. next month. I'm gonna go home. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And where? Where did you say it's down south, right? It's she now lives in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. So you're gonna go there. How does she live now? You said your older brother's a millionaire, right? He is. He's but he's also totally by himself. He lives in uh, I think it's Seattle or D.C. He goes back and forth. Does he give your mom any money or how's your mom doing? Fine, you know. She's a teacher. She's a teacher at a public school in oh. Mississippi so she's she's fine. fine. And mm-hmm. she knows how to manage herself. She's great. Um, my brother I think people have asked him for money and that's why he's backed off and away from the family. Uh, um, but I've never asked him for money. Never. Right. I, like, yeah, I, I don't yeah. Imagine you would. I've made that a constitution in myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I believe you. I believe you. And totally. I think I think that's why he still really likes me. 
Uh, once a year, he will give me a first class ticket home. So I'm very That's excited. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna try That's first sweet. class. That's sweet. Yeah, first class I in Mississippi. Love that. Yeah. Oh well, wow. maybe you'll, maybe you'll meet a movie star. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Although, they're weird in first class because I usually, you know, of course we all fly coach or whatever. I do. But, yeah, but there's a, in the first class, there's a, um, there's like a lounge you can go into and uh-huh. there's like free drinks and snacks. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But these people are paying like thousands of dollars, so of course, give them whatever. But they usually, they won't let me in. Why? They won't let me in the lounge. And I'm like, I have a first class ticket, but it's because I, I just seem poor. And they want really? to push me around a bit. They can do that? Yes, they can hassle you. Let's talk about that on the air. I mean, let's tweet that out. What airline? Screw this, them. This was Delta. Delta? Yeah, they've Screw looked. Screw them. Yeah, because once a year I fly home, you'll get me a first class ticket. It's the only time I ride it. But they've, in the lounge, they said, we usually don't let your kind in here. Did they say that to you literally? They said, my kind. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Whoa. You know, you, we, you should tweet seriously. If you tweet that out and you tweet it to them, that you will be treated a lot better. And I'm really mad at them. I'm yeah. really like, let's not, let's never fly on Delta if we can help it. Okay. <laughs> That's so screwed up. So, so weird. That is weird. But, but, um, and like you sit down, you know, when you sit down on the plane, they give you the drink. They would mm-hmm. never, they wouldn't come to me. And I'd be like, excuse me, can I have a drink? And, like, they would serve everybody else. And, like, I was definitely the last one. You know what it is? It's your luggage. Maybe it's your non-Louis Vuitton luggage. Maybe. Because I travel light. I just have one bag, and that's it. And they're just like, what do you... What are you... Oh, because you don't have your, 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 your gowns, your evening gowns. My evening gowns to pack with me. I mean, I definitely look like I... I should be in coach, you know, but I don't know. Also, I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, I I don't yeah. think so. I mean, you know, you could look like, you know, Cameron Diaz doesn't always have her dress up days and shit like that. Come yeah. on, you could totally do it. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, anyway, so let's let's yeah, Delta. That's crazy. That's craziness. Um, how about your other brothers? Where are they or what's going on with them? There's three more, right? Oh, there's a couple more. There's uh, one in Texas. Mm-hmm. He's in the military. His wife is in the military. They have two mm-hmm. beautiful kids together. Nice. Um, and the other one, he is, I think he just moved to uh, Virginia or something. I don't know. He has four kids. Uh-huh. And um, he is a, what he, he opens up restaurants. Whoa! Yeah. So he 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 works for people that are investors, or does is he an investor? It's like uh, Olive Garden wants to open up a new restaurant in Virginia, uh, so he'll go to Virginia and then pick out the land and the well. Well, the place has already been built, but he'll uh, like train the staff. Uh, you know, he he told me a very funny story recently. He had to do a sexual harassment program with a mm, bunch of Italian men, mm. <laughs> and if you've ever met Italian men, they don't. They love the women. Um, mm-hmm. He spent an hour on them being like, so you can't just grab their butts. And he's like, but what if the butt's right there? I grab them. <laughs> 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 yeah. So he's got he's got a police butt grabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're so so they sound like they're kind of like I'm going to use the word Republicans here. Yeah, they're Republicans. Are they're all Republicans except for you? Except for well. Uh, my brother, the the middle one, the the oh the gay one, the gay millionaire is not right because um, he's gay. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, he'd be a log cabin Republican, which is a little strange, but right, right. So you you kind of escaped all that because you were the younger younger girl and you were a little girl. ignored, right? So you yeah. got to be a little more of a free spirit, maybe. Is that it? Free spirit, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that 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 worked out well. Yeah, I say I would vote more Republican if they got all the Jesus shit out of there. Uh huh. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. You mean like um They're all like running on like put God back in the money. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. 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 But the policies you don't necessarily disagree with. You um or or to some degree. I mean, it's still it's still really, you know, all these parties, their things are really their policies are really broad if you really examine all of them. They're pretty broad. Yeah. And in like old school, like when Republicans were first sort of invented, they did say you have to allot a certain amount of money for public education and for yeah. programs. Yeah, uh, you you that only is, that's only going to help your community. Right. Um, it's really just about like trickle down economics, um, which I don't know. 
it's, it's, it seems intriguing. I still don't know. I still don't know what I would vote for. I just know that I've lived in Bushwick a long time, and I've met a lot of assholes that call themselves liberals, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't yeah. – yeah, yeah. And I, I have, I've had a couple of uh, Republican boyfriends in my past. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, you can't th- – those labels are those labels are really broad. Yeah, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. It doesn't matter what you vote for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, – what was I going to say? So, um, yeah, so it sounds like uh, you are able to uh, tolerate a lot of craziness and still hold your shit together. Is that a, <laughs> is that a good way to describe you? I would say so, yeah. I'd say mm-hmm. definitely a lot of my friends uh, that I've had are a little crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I've sort of had to learn as I got older, like... Uh, Sometimes don't be friends with a girl that's like, do you want to go do some coke? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where, where's the role of drugs and alcohol in your life? Um, I like them mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I definitely have to, I'm trying to get more of a balance in my life. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been drinking every night this week. Maybe I just don't tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. Often I get paid in drink tickets, and I, right. I like to fucking, I like to drink, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But you're not like, yeah, you're not like... Uh, you know, missing work or doing all that. Or... No, I'm not missing work. Right and you're not an alcoholic, for God's sakes. You're no. the you were you were more prompt than any. Listen to this, guys. She was more prompt than anybody who's been on the show, and that means a lot to me. <laughs> and that that immediately gets respect. Nice. When somebody's on time, I respect them. Right? Nice. Yeah. Don't you agree with that? You're, are you, like, I would, I got, the, you gave me, by being here on time, you gave me the impression of, like, yeah, you're somebody that's on time. Yeah, I'm definitely, like, five minutes early is on time kind of person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And does that matter in, in the, having a, a comedy career? Do people, um, like, aren't you more likely to get booked if you're more reliable? I think I, I get book I get booked a lot, which I'm very grateful for. I know for. you do. Yes. Um, but I think I, part of it is I think because I will I'll be there, you know. And if I'm not there, it's because a train fucked up or mm-hmm. like I was coming from something else that fucked up. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely try to articulate that to the people. Mm-hmm. Have booking. you seen Have you seen comedians like screw up their career because they're not on time and shit like that? They're unreliable. Yeah. You I've can. That. You that can happen. Absolutely, I've seen that. People are just like, "Oh fuck, I missed that thing. Oh, it's just an open mic. I don't care. I signed up, but I'm not going to do it." And then now people are like, "No, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can put right. you on this thing." I because I I also personally I like to write and produce my own stuff. Right. And I've cast a couple. I've cast an actress before who just didn't show up on set, and I was like, "Really? Okay, I'm just never going to cast you again." Wow. Yeah. That's a that's yeah I be, I I believe it yeah I believe it so um you know we talked a little about this before uh, you came on because um, we were talking I was ta- asking you actually about how comedians feel about talking about their day jobs because um, I'm trying to figure out if it's a good thing or not to ask them and I mean comedians artists yeah. musicians and. Um, you had said that you thought it would is a good thing that that it's a good thing that people comedians should comedians creative people artists should be willing or not afraid to talk about what they do to make money. Absolutely, yeah. You should be very honest about it because um, I remember when I was younger, I would listen to podcasts and a comic would just sort of spout about everything they're doing creatively and nothing to say how they financed it. And then it led me to believe, oh, you're a working comic. I'm not a working comic. I'm a loser, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's I live in New York. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. I have to have something. I do, I'm very fortunate that my rent is cheap and I do mm-hmm. make money doing performing. Mm-hmm. But I do have a job. I go in three days a week and I go take out this company's trash and do their filing. How, how humbling is that? very humbling because you know the night before I uh, one time I literally I was performing at the Wilbur and that's almost a 2,000 seat theater wow where is it that's in Boston it's Mm. huge Mm. and the next day I get back and then one of my bosses just like throws his trash in my bin and he's like take it out it stinks in my office (laughs) (laughs) well all right (laughs) that's hilarious yeah um how do you think like what's your impression of comedians and their day jobs and like how they handle them do you think it's hard or it's like very do you th- hard. 
But do you think like um, most comedians, most of the, most of the people you know, like what, like on where's the dividing line when you start writing for a TV show, or like how most of the comedians you know have jobs? Most of the comedians I know have jobs. Uh, some of them like they start writing on a TV show, or they get picked on on something stable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can kind of quit the day job. Right. Really, like, comedy's great. It's just not as stable. And I, I have to pay that rent at the right. beginning of every month, right. you know? Right. So um, what do you see? Like, do you think you're going to have kids someday? Or do you ever think about that? Like, I won't ha- have kids. You're definitely not going to have definitely kids? Definitely not going to have kids, no. Because um, they seem like a pain in the ass? It seems like watching um, my mom have to do it and I think that she would have lived a different life if she didn't have kids mm-hmm. and I want to live that life I want to live the life that she didn't live mm-hmm. I, I'm so like I'm so with you on not having kids I mean me personally I think it's like it's such a like it's so it's it's so restrictive it's yeah. so restrictive and I don't think that women know what they're getting I think it's much harder to be a mother than a father Absolutely. generally and I don't think women are prepared for what it's going to be like, and I think um, I think it's a really hard transition. And I think in the future, like in the next hundred years, um, more and more developed nations, women are not going to have children. They're yeah. not going to want to have children. They're going to find out what uh, the life like. It's great not having children, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you can live. You live by your own rules. But also, I mean, just financially, there's so much freedom. It's so crazy to have a kid. There's no. You're. It's the respect financial responsibility is incomprehensible to me yeah. i mean i can barely buy my own underwear yeah you know pay for that i know it is infuriating the amount of men that question why i don't want to have children they do absolutely really i didn't get that a lot but oh, yeah. i don't know you look like you might be a good good partner to reproduce with yeah i look like i i'm, I'm good breeding stock <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah, have yeah. some nice kids yeah nice and you're pretty kids. naturally feminine maybe that's it too i think that's it they just assume i even had a guy that was like so why don't you want kids is that like you being a feminist <laughs> yeah I, it made me really pissed off that he said that and i looked at him and was like man you know what no it's me being a fucking person i got really <laughs> mad feminist is like the corniest word ever, right? So I feel like people don't know what it is anymore. It's just being thrown around. It's thrown around by a lot of crazy women, too. Oh, yeah. It's I'm, like that word spirituality. Same thing. Yeah. Don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing. It's like, what are you talking about? This guy, I saw this girl cut in line in the men's bathroom, and she's like, I'm a feminist. And I was like, you know that if a man went into the women's bathroom, you would have lost your shit. But you're just taking over somebody else's space, physical space in this world, calling yourself a feminist and you're making me look bad you crazy fucking bitch I know it's the really the stupidest way to you know it's just the stupidest way to to show women's rights it's it's just has no sense to yeah. it whatsoever yeah. it's kind of like bra burning I was talking about that the other day how stupid that was too we <laughs> need bras we like bras I'm not actually wearing a bra right now can you tell no, I can't. Yeah, I've got reasonably small tits, but I thought about it before I left the house, but um, I think it's fine. Uh, but, yeah, who wants to, like, not wear a bra? It's fairly uncomfortable on mm-hmm. a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, that's practical. So we're getting towards the end. Like, is there something that I we haven't covered that is going on in your life that would be interesting that is something that is – is there something that happened to you that's important that I might not have gotten to or hmm. something in your life that was it. really profound or profound's a corny mm-hmm. word too, but you know, something that, that you think would be helpful for other people to hear about your experience in context of everything else? Interesting. Well, my, my lease goes up in October mm-hmm. and uh, part of the reason I can be creative in New York is because mm-hmm. my rent is so cheap. So I don't know. And I've been seeing these dudes walk around the neighborhood in, like, full suits and just, like, mm-hmm. buying up land. I, yeah, right. I'm, I'm shaking in my kids right now. Yeah, everybody is. Of, yeah. like, what's going to happen. That's, that's sort of it in my life. So you're really anxious about the real estate going up. Yeah, very yeah, anxious. Yeah, I think everyone is. I feel like a lot of people, like, don't, they don't get it. Like, my agents and managers oh, sell really? me outside of my job, and they're like, we're hip to the fact you have a job. And I was like, you little rich fuck boy, you know? What do you mean we're hip to the fact that you have a job? What they, does that mean? They, they, they were like, I guess you work. They were... Uh, meaning like when they 
try to uh, get you in for auditions and stuff, you can't go all the time? Is that what you're saying? No, I think it's like like me as a person. Uh, I don't have as valuable of a stock to them. Really? Because I have a job. Yeah. Really? It's it's sort of infuriating. Really? Mm-hmm. You're judged because you have a job? Yep. That I don't understand at all. That I don't understand. So they represent, do they represent like a lot of really major performers? Yeah, they're like, they represent Bill Burr, Louis C.K. types. Oh, so are you on the lower end of, I mean. Yeah, very much lower. Very, very much So lower. you're represented by like a really good place. Very good place, but there's they've been in the Louis C.K. money so long that they don't understand when like, a 30-something woman still has a job, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, have you ever thought of going to a lesser a lesser big deal place? Would that – would you get more attention there or – I've thought of it, definitely. I mean, um, is that part of it? I mean – I've thought of it, but also what's good with these people is, like, there's an audition I want to get on. So I just contact them and I'm like, give me this audition. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Other other agents couldn't; they wouldn't have that. Right, pull. so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a double. It's a balance, it's yeah. balance. But you seem, I mean, you seem like you're doing well, and you have like all sorts of potential. So I would imagine that you get some really good auditions, and it's probably just a numbers game. Is does it feel like that? I mean, it doesn't feel like that because unless you have that job, it doesn't feel like that. But I mean, besides that, like, does it? Do you feel like? you know you've been like up for a lot of things and gotten close to things it's just a matter of time that's how it looks to me is what I'm saying oh yeah well thank you I mean it's hard to know whenever you're in it Mm -hmm. Um, I've definitely gotten close on a lot of things Um, I think also studios are so scared of of who they cast because there's a lot of money being thrown around right so they're going to cast someone that's they're not going to cast a girl in Bushwick that's making people laugh at night they're going to cast I've literally lost a role to um, Julia Roberts' niece get out yeah fuck her yeah yeah I mean she's fuck great fuck her and Delta Airlines <laughs> What, what, why? Or what, what, why? She has more heat, more stock, you know, and she's very pretty, you know. I mean, good for her, but they definitely, they want to cast someone with more stock and more heat. So I thought Bushwick was super cool. I live here, too. It is super cool. I think I think they mean, like, video content. Um, they want me to do, I don't know. I don't know they want it. you to be cast in some, like, they want you to be cast in one of Louis C.K.'s things or, like, in the... Uh, you know, they want you to be like now, nowadays, it's kind of like it's not just like how many, it's not even how many your social media metrics. It's also like you also have to be in like web series. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they want more like web series video content. And I have a lot of video content, but it's all a little bit weird, I think. They, they mm-hmm. don't understand why I'm not making a video like a rap about McDonald's. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like uh, the video you posted that you look familiar. That's very fun, but they don't know how to sell that. Ah, yeah. uh, well, you know what? That actually makes me not not in your behalf, but that makes me feel good because um, I'm glad that there's content that's still like, you know, offbeat. That yeah. that uh, I'm glad I'm glad to know that. Yeah, you know, like that the shit that gets out there is like. Yeah, I was suspicious that the shit that's on my television is pretty much crap, but I, but I always wonder about it. But it is. It's just pretty much crap is what we're saying, I think. Yeah. yeah. People are so scared of, like, saying anything or doing mm-hmm. anything, pissing anybody off, and that just makes bad TV. There's some great There's some great stuff on TV, but, you know, there's also a lot of people that are just so scared to do anything. So it's it seems like um, that I would guess that you have a fairly original um, point of view because of you know your formative years and um, also you're in a like you're you're from a blue collar background right let's just yeah. say it yeah and you're around like a lot of intellectual types mm-hmm. to some degree no mm-hmm. so I would guess that your background is fairly unusual yeah is it I would say that and I would definitely say that kind of held me back um, maybe in the short term of my career because if I um, was doing a rap about McDonald's or whatever then I would immediately get somewhere and people Mm -hmm. don't want to 
they don't want to put the stuff I do online. But maybe in the long term, that'll be better. Yeah, that's what I'm – see, I was thinking that you have a more original voice, which is a great thing, and that's just going to – you're going to have to do it your own way. Yeah, that's so. That's the whole thing because you could probably get one of those jobs if you really wanted to because you could do a rap about McDonald's if you really want. If you yeah. had to, you could do it. But that would be um, a waste of your time. Yeah, I think so. So um, it probably does take a little longer if you have an original voice, right? I would say so, But yeah. don't you feel like most of your peers are sort of like you, have original voices? Yeah, I think so. Uh, everybody I, I hang out with that I like. Right. There's so many original voices I mean, in New York. Everybody's right. like a lot of really talented comics out here. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even, like, I look at um, the Chris Gethard show. You know that show? Mm-hmm. You've probably been on it, or do I you know him? I know him. Yeah. You know, he's great. He's worked very hard for a long time. He's That's a perfect example of somebody that's made it themselves. But, but you know, what's really funny is, like, when you put him in perspective to, like, the outside world, he really hasn't, like, in a certain way, really hasn't made it. Yeah, a lot of people, they're like, you know... Most people don't have any clue. I mean, the show's great, and I know among, like, the comedy community, he's huge and Mm -hmm. incredibly well-respected, all for good reasons. Yeah. um, And all well-earned, but I think, like, you know, he still still doesn't have, like, um, you know, he's still struggling. Absolutely. And that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because he's worked for so long. And the show is very popular. I did a gig in, like, middle of nowhere, USA, and a kid had a Chris Gethard T-shirt on. Oh, really? But it was one little kid. You know, he's probably the weird kid in town. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, anything that's, you know, I mean, I feel like, I mean, anything that, I guess what the things that in culture that I'm drawn to and that most people I respect are drawn to usually aren't quite all that popular is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. So then what happens, like, what happens when somebody like, um, like, for example, like Amy Schumer becomes really popular? What happens there? Are people, what what happens? Like, are people, she was part of, like, wasn't she, like, performing around with other people? Yeah, yeah. She's worked hard for a long time. I really like her because she's a mentor to people. Yeah, she seems like she is. Yeah, that wouldn't have wouldn't be seen in the limelight without her. Right. Um, but I would say uh, she, her act is her. That's her personality. Right. But there's a lot of managers and agents and industry types that just see the money she makes and that try to pigeonhole other women into doing that. Like I've wow. been told, yeah, I've been told, uh, hey, why don't you wear a short skirt and say naughty one-liners? Oh, wow. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, See, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about your work as much as I've seen of it is that, you you know, you are you are really pretty. <laughs> but it's like that's just you happen to be pretty. Like it is nothing about being pretty, your yeah. work, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, you're totally, like, comfortable with that. It's not a – Yeah, it's just – It I, just I, is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, and it's not dependent. Your work doesn't seem dependent on that Mm-mm. in either way, good or bad or whatever. Mm-mm. Cool. So we have three more minutes. Um, <laughs> this has been a really good conversation. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Good. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, I have a really – a much – a much better or a picture of your 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 childhood and stuff and it sounds really unusual it sounds really it sounds it sounds really weird <laughs> and um can you send me a picture of yourself in saudi arabia do you have any of those pictures i have some photos um yeah because i would i would like to uh I would like to uh, see one of those, maybe post one of those. So what what was the one thing, is there one thing that you can say we had in our last two minutes that was like the weirdest thing when you moved from Saudi Arabia to America? You looked like everybody, right? That I, that I looked like everybody. Uh, the weirdest thing about America. Um, do, do, I would say I don't know if Saudi people behave this way. But I do say that a lot of Americans, uh, when I, because when I came to very small, poor towns, mm-hmm. they didn't like to learn, and they did they sort of took things for granted. Ah. Um, and it it made me maybe kind of crazy, you know. 
Uh, wow. Like people, because in Saudi, I don't remember seeing any libraries. There was no, oh, I, I wow. just don't remember seeing that. And then people, they don't, they just could care less that there's like a free public place you can go and read and do whatever you want. Oh, that's so interesting. So yeah. your experience made you value education in a way that you might not have because that's what I was saying. Like most of the people that you hang around with are fairly, probably fairly intellectual. So mm-hmm. even though maybe your parents weren't that intellectual in that way, yeah. you were able to develop that because of your the contrast and yeah the contrast appreciating what you had yeah that's great so like let's go libraries well we don't even need libraries anymore we just need wi-fi internationally right Mm -hmm. is is that what's i don't know what's going to help this next generation it's so scary there's so many countries that just cut off wi-fi to their people to yes to manipulate them to control them it's just so yeah like what's going on in china Mm mm-hmm 